Welcome to Shopify Masters, the podcast powered by Shopify. And welcome to the Bushbaum mini-series. I'm Schwang Esther Shan, one of the hosts of Shopify Masters. And I'm David Gaylord, Bushbaum's co-founder and Shopify's merchant in residence. So today we're talking about all things failures. Might sound a little daunting, but I promise it's going to be worth your while. Yeah, I've got a lot of those failures, so uh, lots to talk about. I think failure is a crucial component to reaching points of success, so I'm excited to dig in. But before we get into the different experiences that you had that were learning experiences, I wanted to ask, how do you define failure or what do you associate failure with? Huh, I, I guess just asking that question, I don't actually associate failure to, to much because um, even I often, yeah, I see it as learning. Like we, we've talked about this earlier in previous episodes, but anytime you do something that doesn't work, it's it might be a failure per se as whatever you define a failure, but I look at it as uh, just an opportunity to learn something new and do something different. Um, so I don't see it as something that brings me down. I see it as something that I want to change and try something new with. And I also think it's just a moment in time. You're at a period where something didn't work out, but there's other things you can try to move you out of that period as well. Yeah, true. And and if you think about failures in some ways is um, something could be a failure right now, but two years from now, it could be a huge success. Exact same thing, product, whatever it is, just because of the timing. So that's why failure for me is more about like, yeah, learning and and doing something different or in a different way. So looking back in the early days, where were some of those moments where you were in a bind, but you did learn a lot from them? Yeah, so the probably the earliest uh, kind of failure moments were around packaging and branding. So we learned quickly. So one thing is we called our products bush oil, which didn't resonate. And people thought, this is strange. Like, let's that's an odd product. So that was a quick learning lesson. We kind of quickly failed there. And then the other thing we realized is, um, although we're trying to really destigmatize um, people talking about ingrown hairs, razor burn, um, different products, five years ago, um, we used branded packaging tape on our boxes and people really hated it because they didn't want a package with bush bomb coming to their, their place of work or house or whatever it is. So that was a quick failure that we stopped using that custom packaging tape. I've probably got 10 miles of it sitting uh, at our office right now. We, we learned quickly that packaging is pretty important. And if you screw it up, it's also a big investment because it's thousands of bottles, boxes. It's, it's a lot more than uh, you think uh, if you screw that up. Hopefully that packing tape would be sold to a museum one day, become a collector's item. Um, But I think a lot of it also goes back to this portion because I think sometimes business owners are scared of launching because they have this aspect of professionalism and they feel like, you know what, I need to get my product perfect before I launch. But to your point, you could have only learned about people's preferences on privacy and packaging when you've launched, when you've you know made that mistake. Right. So how has your personal take about launch versus perfectionism and yeah, just like making mistakes and taking risks? So as far as perfectionism, I think there's there's two elements that come up a lot. So the one side is on the product. 
So we've had some big failures around um, even how people use the product. So doing kind of your own QA or usability testing of how would you use this? So for us, a failure was our bottles. They were a shaker at the time. Not enough oil came out. So people didn't enjoy using it because it wasn't efficient for them. So quick learning lesson. Um, the other was one time we had caps that didn't tighten enough and they're metal. Um, so they leaked in transit. Quick learning lesson. We had to change everything. The other side is the perfectionism on the website and design and, and how it looks. So a lesson I learned early on, which was frustrating, was a lot of what I did on the website, I'm tinkering, I'm changing the colors, the images, I'm trying to make this look better, I'm putting this here, I'm doing that. None of it almost mattered because none of it was like tested and I wanted to see if this worked and then I'd wait and then it would work or it wouldn't. I didn't have enough data. So if you're the person who's tinkering with your website and tinkering with your Shopify store and trying to make it look perfect, that's almost too much of your time wasted. Um, it's really easy to do. I think almost everyone falls in the trap of like trying to make it perfect. Whereas if you can get to market and get feedback and traffic, then you can see what people are doing. You can see what people are saying. You can ask customers like, hey, what do they like about the site? What didn't they? And then you can change things in a better way. Um, you'll have a list of like, hey, what are my table stakes? Like you probably want to have reviews because those are important. Good product photography, uh, good descriptions, homepage with whatever's on it. But if you're tinkering on a lot, that perfectionism, it probably in the long run isn't going to benefit your store, especially in the early days. Later on, you can test and do A-B tests and see. But in the early days, you really got to get to market and see the reaction. Sometimes taking a big swing, there's a lot of risk involved. Has there been some decisions or some bets that you've taken that could potentially have led to failure, but you went ahead with it anyways and tested something new? The biggest risk we ever took, I think, was we spent about, it was like $100,000 of personal income into Bushbomb when we really were on the fence about success potential. So that that $100,000 was almost more than all the inventory we bought the year before, or actually all, all the inventory we sold. So we took this bet and risk on the company and we bought the packaging that was absolutely beautiful. Like it was incredible. Um, and at the time, looking back, um, I think it was totally worth it. It launched us to where we are today. Um, but even on the packaging that we went with, there was some of it was a total failure. Um, but you can't look back and say it was a failure. It was um, a good example is we had rigid packaging. So the packaging we used wasn't as environmentally friendly as we want our packaging to be now. We, we weren't even thinking about that as much back then. And now we're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we wouldn't use, we use packaging that had foam inserts. Like that's not very good for the environment. Whereas now... We're like, that's a huge failure on our part, and we've changed. Um, so, yeah, it's constantly a battle of should we invest this big amount here or should we invest it over here? And you kind of have to take these risks accepting the consequences of maybe it's a huge success or maybe it's it's a total failure of a launch or whatever it is. Um, and you kind of have to be okay with that as long as your business can handle it, I would say. That's quite a lot of savings to invest and take a risk on. What about the balance between your personal life, personal finances, and the risk that you're taking with that and investing into the business? Yeah, like that. it is a 
big, big risks for sure. Um, so for us, we kind of hedged uh, our risk. And you see this, I've told people this before, but it's not to say I'm like Mark, Mark Zuckerberg, but Mark Zuckerberg, he didn't just drop out of Harvard. He deferred his status. So like he could have totally dropped out and been a huge success, obviously, but he deferred his risk. So for us, what we did is we deferred our risk by keeping our full-time jobs for quite a while. Um, and we ran the business, we grew it, we tried to do things. Um, and that for us was a good way to defer the risk and the failure potential and the impact it could have. The problem with that risk for us is you're working so hard and so much that your personal life and your social life and your friends and family, you put them at risk of not spending time with you and not giving them enough that they need, right? So it's a balance of what are, what are you risking versus what are you getting back? Um, and are you willing to take said risk? Or are there ways you can hedge your own bets? Um, that way, if you fail, it actually is, it's not the end of the world for you as an as a individual or as a business. I think sometimes, whether it's traditional media or social media, it really glamorizes like, oh, take the plunge, jump all in, um, like do it all. But um, I love the fact that you guys had years where you were working full time and building this on the side. And it was only when you cross that seven figures where you guys considering like, okay, now we can actually do this full time. Yeah, totally. And there's lots of books, literature about how some of the most successful people have have hedged their own bets and they've they've done things where you you'd expect them to be more risky and, and they're very risky founders entrepreneurs are so risky but what you see is a lot of people will yeah hedge their bet on what they're doing so they have options and they can kind of move back into something else or they have these things available um, so yeah no that's that's one reason why like bush bomb we we had one full-time employee until we were about roughly $2 million or $3 million in revenue. And we had one full-time employee and it wasn't either of the founders. So that, like, that's, that's how we hedged our, our bets in general, right? We, we were full-time elsewhere, but we had someone who came in and really took control of the business and brand and we worked with them. It was fantastic. Whereas now we've scaled it and we've brought on more people to make it bigger than it can be. Um, but yeah, the, the risk of entrepreneurship is... It's glamorized too much, in my opinion. Mm -hmm, for sure. And there should be like the realities of it. And like, I love the fact that we're talking about it now. For that first employee, that's also like a risk in itself. You're trusting them with your brand, your business, your finances. So um, like, how did you go about approaching, like finding that person and what did they do for you? Yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, so we were uh, we were lucky. A friend actually connected us, um, and like we weren't looking to hire. I was I was actually looking to hire someone to help with sales, which was a very different role than what we hired for. Um, and then a friend connected me and said, "Hey, I think you should chat with Rachel. Um, she might be interested in what you're doing, and could be a really good fit." And I thought, okay, let me let me do it. So I went. We met, and so in the early days of a business that's small and starting up. Like I'm not posting a job posting and saying like getting all kinds of people to, to apply. What I'm doing is I'm like selling the business. I'm saying, here's why it's a great opportunity. Here's what you'll learn, what you'll develop in, what you'll do. Um, so it was me really pitching to bring someone on to the business. So 
that's what it felt like. And the role that Rachel came in as she was our director of uh, marketing and brand, she she came in and brought a new life to the business, our content, our creative, our visuals, how we engage with our community. Like it, it changed Bushbaum from being this company that I ran the marketing side and had a few, bit of help here and there to a company that really had a brand to it and really had a community of people that that liked the brand and that uh, potentially was risky to hire someone. But at the same time, I was really comfortable with uh, a referral as a first hire um, and then someone who also believed in kind of what we were doing and why. Because, um, yeah, that's to me key is if you're hiring anyone, they really have to see your mission and care about it. Because um, if they don't, it's going to be really hard for them to be be happy at the company they're they're working for. I think for you know mistakes and learnings, a lot of the times you kind of have to fail so that you learn from it. And also it's like a really great reality check. And you're like, you know what? This definitely will never, um, like this will help me prevent from making future mistakes. Um, has there been a lesson like that where you're like, you know what? I needed this in order for me to not make the same mistake in the future. Yeah, there's one in particular that's just like very specific. Um, one year, I think it was holiday or Black Friday or whatever it was, I sent too many emails in a row and like different times, whatever. I sent too many and then we got into spam filters. So I am now like the most cautious human being with our marketing team around email marketing and how frequently we send and the engagement of the list and all of these things. Like I am so not okay with ever going into a spam filter because I learned that lesson the hard way and took a year to get out of that uh, that trouble. So that's one really specific lesson that's um, helped a lot. And I, I think right now I'm going through some new lessons that I just don't quite know how to navigate. Not to say I'm failing, but it, it's it's like how do I get to the next level of the business now that we're at this size? And there's areas where I'm like I'm I'm about to experience a lesson in in something. And I just don't know what it is, but I'll obviously learn from it. But I just know now that we're at this new scale and new size, something is going to really hit me in the face that's going to change my perspective. And I'm just kind of looking out for it and waiting for that to, to happen to me. Mm-hmm. I feel like you are probably the calmest person I've heard about awaiting this lesson to come. So. <laughs> Yeah, I guess just like in general, what I've realized with Pushbomb is like everything's going to go wrong at some point, everything. And you just have to kind of be okay with figuring it out as it comes along. Um, Because if you're always worried, you're going to be worried and not thinking about the things you could do uh, if something does happen per se. And I do think entrepreneurs just are built with an extra boost of optimism, even in really tough moments. They still feel like there's plan B or plan D ahead. Has there been some tough moments? And is there a really tough moment where you actually did question the future of the business? Probably the worst one, which is now looking back, I'm like, oh, it wasn't even, it wasn't that big of a deal. But we we got new bottles and it was in the early days and we were, we, we didn't ship orders for probably like a week or 10 days. And we, at this time we had some wholesale accounts and we're growing a little bit and the lids were the thing. They were metal, but we got new ones and we thought, okay, they won't leak. Someone had leaked before. And anyways, we held, it was probably like 65 orders, I think at the time. And then I shipped them all at once. And I was so happy about the new lids. They weren't going to leak. 
And then every order leaked. So I got an email and a call and messages for like two, three days of everyone who got those orders. And they complained, they were pissed, they were mad. And I thought, oh, I don't think this is going to work out. I thought this is the end of this business and I'm not, I just can't do it anymore. Like this is so difficult. Because um, first off, we had before that some leaks, but it was very small, like rarely happened, but it did. And then next, I was solving the problem that I, you know, we did a small problem, I'm solving it. And it happened to just make it entirely worse. Um, and then I thought, oh gosh, I don't think I can handle it. And also, I didn't even know what to do to solve it. We just ordered 10,000 bottles, our biggest order of all time. And every single bottle was going to leak, every 10,000. So I thought, oh, what do we do? How do we solve this? What do we, like, what's going to work? Um, in the end, we did, we did solve it. It was totally fine. We, but... Imagine the solution is we had to order uh, 10,000 more of the inserts for the cap and apply it. So 10,000 lids we had to apply those things to. Oh my gosh. Minus those 65 orders. So that was like, that was the solution. We had to put a slightly thicker insert into the cap. But on the time, it was a Friday night. I'm like, this is the worst thing ever. I don't know what to do. And I've got no... I can't solve it right now. So I, I, you, you kind of just feel hopeless in, in the moment. How did you guys eventually reach that uh, resolution of like, oh wait, we just needed an insert. That's a lot of manual work, but um, you did reach a resolution though. Yeah, it was just figuring out over like a week of trying and testing and like putting the lids on with deeper inserts and like doubling up the inserts we had just to see and putting it upside down and shape like, we tried to do as much as we could. Um, and then in the end we saw, oh, you can see the imprint in the compression and that's the key is the compression. Um, so yeah, that, then we realized, okay, this is how it's gonna work. Here's how we can do it. This is fine. Um, but yeah, it took a while to like even know like, is this gonna work? Is this not gonna work? Um, and then yeah, now the thing I realized is that at that time I, I was failing completely. I thought, this is horrible. I have no idea what to do. Like this is, like, this is such a silly thing that, I, like, how can I not solve this? But what I didn't realize is now in the industry, skincare, cosmetics, like oils, creams, different things, one of the biggest struggles for many manufacturers, companies, and people like us is, like, leaking. Leaking is probably one of the biggest, most common things that everyone experiences. They just don't, for me, I didn't even know that was a problem that people usually have. Um, but yeah, now I'm like, oh gosh, looking back, I'm like the number one issue we're probably going to face. We faced it. Um, and I thought it was like the hope, most hopeless moment in the business. Well, I'm so glad you guys definitely surpassed that and are just at such a better place. Yeah. Like we said, some mistakes, you just have to go through them to learn from them. But um, if you were able to just give a few areas of extra attention. What are some areas that you would recommend new business owners to focus on um, that could potentially be risky, but if they paid extra attention, that might help them alleviate those mistakes? So uh, well, we've talked a lot about product. So perhaps we'll ignore that and maybe go on the, more on the marketing side. Um, one thing that I've learned a lot of lessons on is ensuring to be really diligent about links, copy, because say you're running Facebook ads to a certain thing and a link isn't working properly and it's going somewhere else or whatever, that's a huge risk to the business and you're gonna lose lots of money doing that. 
so that's the lesson I've learned is really be diligent about, hey, which link are we going to? Um, oh, a, a good example is say you change a page, delete a page, make sure to do your, your 404 or whatever redirect. Make sure it redirects to a new page that's appropriate because these little linking issues, if you change your Shopify homepage and you forget to put a link in the button, shop now, People can't click that to shop now, and th- then they probably will leave. So these little details on site for marketing make a, a big, big difference um, all the way through. And you could have something be an issue for a year and not notice it. And if that's the case, it's your conversion rate might be two percent when it could be three, three point five. So it's it's big, big difference. Mm-hmm. Small but very impactful things. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. In aspects of handling failures or mistakes, I think a lot of the times it also also comes back to your mental well-being and just your overall like attitude towards handling different situations. So throughout the years, what have you done that has really helped you to just be balanced and to just have a good mental state going into the day and handling different issues that might pop up? So for me, the, the balance is just like excitement. Um, around what we're doing and what I'm doing. Um, you, you have that, and then you also have things you do. So for me, like golf was an excellent way to get away or running or getting a hobby that shuts me off from the world of uh, business, and marketing and growth and what, what we're doing at Push Palm. So having those separations is really helpful. Um, learning how to put the phone down, which at times is really hard. Um, but also like People say uh, work-life balance or whatever, work-life balance. But for me, it's at times, I'm like, well, I don't really want to work less. Like I actually get a lot of enjoyment from working because like I'm doing something new I've never done before. I'm really excited by it. So for me, that's like kind of a hobby. So I see it that way where I'm like, no, no, no. I, I'm working on a Saturday, not because I need to get away, but because I'm actually really enjoying this and I really want to do it. It's like, some people have read a book to learn or get excited by. I try a new tool because I'm interested in marketing and this is like a cool new thing that's like trending in the industry. So that's that's kind of how I look at it. Um, but definitely there, there needs to be a side where you relax and you do uh, things to clear your head and, and try to think differently about the business. Because if you aren't doing those, it's, it's going to be really hard to be really tied up in exactly what you're doing um, every single day. And you're not going to get like the bigger picture by stepping away for a day or two or even a couple hours. Well, thank you so much, David. I feel like these insights will hopefully help um, so many other business owners as they approach, grow, scale, and so much more. Yeah, awesome. It was fun uh, discussing all my deepest uh, failures with you. (laughs) Yes, but you know, points of growth. So exactly. (laughs) 